it's so amazing um, just being here at this time, right? With these kinds of movements, we're resurrecting a really old archetype. And I always say that I stand at the intersection of psychedelic mom, medicine woman, and sacred hoe. Um, <laughs> okay. I need to add sacred I hoe tonight. Please do, um, because we can exist all at once. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, darling. How are you feeling? Um, I'm high, so there's that. That's always <laughs> nice. I did a wake and bake this morning. I haven't really been smoking too much weed in the morning lately. And so, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice little shift. You know, when you, like, smoke weed consistently all the time, I think, like, your body gets, like, too used to it? Too used to it. It, it. This could either go really good or really bad. And let's be honest, because if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know when a bitch gets high, she sometimes gets a little more dumb. Um, so we're just going to not – we're going to put that energy there here today. I think you're fine. You smoked a while ago. <laughs> I, I, I was measuring the time in which we smoked against the time we started. So I think that we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, now if you say so, then yeah, I was, it must yeah. be true. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling – you know what? Do you want to um, – you want to join me in some Mila moans? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, ready? I'm just going to take some deep breaths and let out some deep, delicious moans. You ready? Yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> don't close your eyes while driving. But if, you're, if you're not driving, <laughs> But if you're your on eyes. the train, close your eyes. And just take a deep inhale. <sighs> and exhale some passionate, sexy moans. <sighs> Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I already rolled it backward. It's vanilla and it kind of tastes like coffee in the morning. So like we might as well smoke right now. Vanilla? Mm, okay, that's tempting. Fine. All right, come on, let's do it. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Let me see. Oh, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good? <sighs> you know what? Taking breaks from weed is the jam. It is the jam because when you come back, you just appreciate it so much more. So, thank you, friend. You're welcome. Mm. All of the OG retreat members are like, oh, I remember this. I like this. <laughs> you remember that from the retreat, y'all? We're doing a hey, high good vibe tribe. We mm. do a lot of sensual moaning sound. Mm. Lots of sounds happen at the retreat. There's, that's just level one sound. There's actually probably like four or five levels that we achieve. We unlock. The and but only towards like the end of the retreat do you get your like. It's almost like yeah, it's an un unlocking. It's <laughs> like Mario Kart. It is like an unlocking that happens. And then by the end, we all get our call, like the tribal call. You get <laughs> 
<laughs> and and you guys, you if you, you get your final attunement, like here, here you go. <laughs> like, like, oh, there's an orchestra of moaning women. Yes, it <laughs> it's really beautiful. That must be what heaven sounds like. It's true. You'd be surprised <laughs> the amount of like unlocking that can happen just with sound, and mm. like it unlocks the emotions and the feelings in your body. Mm. So I'm happy. I'm really. I think we should start like mm. incorporating that more. And if you want to moan with us more, we did just announce our next retreat in Sayulita, Mexico. Um, we're taking over an amazing, beautiful property. It's all ours. It's private. It's ocean front. Every room is ocean view. It's all inclusive. We're going to be doing lots of moaning, um, lots of dancing, lots of releasing, lots of healing, lots of relaxing and hanging out. Yes. Lots of manifesting as a collective. And of course, a lot of community and sisterhood. And exploring. We're going to go check out a lot of beautiful places in the, in the new space that, you know, me and Mila have only been once. So this is a very new... Um, this is a new destination for the Good yeah. Vibe We're really excited to see what magic that we get to unlock. This place is called... Uh, isn't it called... Port, uh, Port- Puerto de Magico. Pueblo. Pueblo. Pueblo, Mag- Pueblo Magico. Magico. Magic, magic Pueblo. And you know I'm Magic Mila, so I'm really excited to see what powers that get unlocked. We're doing two dates, and they're both in July, July 5th and July 12th. And I hope you guys have been enjoying the Good Vibe sessions or the Good Vibe um, segment that we've been releasing. We've been dropping a bonus episode um, with some testimonies, testimonials from past attendees. And um, it's just so beautiful to see how the experience touches them in different ways and unlocks things that they need. And we we recorded them there on the on the property so you can hear like the birds mm. chirping in the background. You can really get, you really get the like the Costa Rican good vibe essence. So make sure you check that out mm. and um also don't forget to visit our merch store and support some single mamas with our beautiful designed by us designs. <laughs> Um, and we'll leave all these links in the episode description. And obviously, you know, we are book is on pre-order. A good mom's guide to making bad choices. <laughs> and we have some really dope uh, gifts with purchase. As long as you support us and get the book pre-sale, it means you get it May 2nd. You'll be the first to receive your book. Just go ahead and knock that out and get the free shit, girl. <laughs> and with that being said, hello. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hey, hello, 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 hey, hello, hello. Still manifesting, Erica Badu. Happy belated birthday! If you know her, send her through. I think that we need to get the girls in on this manifestation. Like, obviously the listeners, but I think like our kids. Oh yeah, need to like we need to like a group. The other day, Irie was just singing Erica Badu like in the shower, and I was like, this is such a proud moment. Yeah, yesterday, the other day, me and. Orlando asked Luna to read our futures and she said we're going to be together till we D.I.E. And also that mommy's going to get a, a a YouTube plaque. Wow. Yeah, hunt for 100,000 subscribers. I was okay. like, wow, you're watching too much YouTube. And also, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That is a beautiful manifestation for us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? You might be a little. Let me tap in. Let me use this magic that I got. Okay, Luna. I love that. Um, well, anyway, you guys, we have a special guest here that I'm really excited to have on the show. Um, as you know, we are focusing on plant medicine this month, and we thought, what better guest to have than Michaela Delamico, the Thank mushroom so womb educator herself, <laughs> mama, and um, 
yeah, just overall inspiration and such a such an incredible educator. I feel like I've learned so much in such a short time on your page. I love how digestible all the things that you share are, and um, they're so interesting too. I think a, I think a, a lot of the masses don't really um, know a lot about plant medicine in general and just all with the variations of it all. You yeah. know, you hear plant medicine, and you think of like ayahuasca, or you think of mushrooms, or you think of things that you know have like these like psychedelic you know properties but there's so much more to it yeah so absolutely welcome. thank you so much for having me and um it's so amazing um just being here at this time right with these kinds of movements were resurrecting a really old archetype and i always say that i stand at the intersection of psychedelic mom Medicine woman and sacred hoe. Um, <laughs> okay. I need to add sacred like hoe to my Please do. Um, because we can exist all at once. I think there's this kind of like idea that like you're either on this like super pious path or you're like, you know, serving medicine and you're you're in this way in your life that kind of removes you from sexuality. But I feel that intimacy and sensuality and sexuality like deepens like your strength as a medicine person. Yeah. And a lot of these traumas and a lot of these like up levels and these, you know, um, other octaves of like existing actually get unlocked mm. in intimacy and intimacy sometimes with the entheogens. So um, that sacred hope part I think is really important. And so I hope we can resurrect that. And I hope that we could talk about it a little bit more too, because it's, it's such an important part of so many of our paths and probably the paths that you've walked in your lives too. I've just from what you were sharing a little bit earlier, <laughs> yeah, like she is Sacred Hope. Sacred Hope since high school. <laughs> um, so yeah, just really honored to be here. Like I've been on the news. I was like on the local news in San Diego talking about microdosing to like Channel Eight or whatever. Wow, that's, and that's that major. shit was crazy. Yeah, I was like my my fiance is just like tripping. He's just like are you sure you want to be this public? And I'm like, we have to be like, we can talk openly about cannabis because there were people that were down to talk about cannabis, like back when things were getting destigmatized. And I feel like then, you know, what's coming is these entheogens and the plant medicines and the sacred fungi allies. So why not be there with that can, movement? Can you explain to our audience who don't know what entheogen, entheogens are? It's what quite the, a word. What that is? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I'm a mush womb educator. So the intersection of entheogen education and womb wisdom. So the entheogen and all of that is a combination of Greek words. N is in. Theo is God. And then gen is to generate. So it means to generate the God within. Mm. So entheogen are um, plants and and other non-human relatives, can even be human relatives, um, that help ignite and dis- and allow us to discover the divinity within ourselves. And that's Ooh. what a lot of these medicines do and can assist us in doing for ourselves too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what is your journey into this space? I mean, like, were you, is your mother a hippie and <laughs> she was into entheogen, entheogenetics? Entheogenographer? Or like, yeah, how did you, um, I guess, yeah, step into this in this space and, and yeah, tap into the, into this? Yeah. What's the access point? How did all of this get started? Um, I mean, for so many of us, like when I first sat with the mushroom, it was very clear that I was home. It was like a very familiar space, which surprised me because I'd never actually had parents or family or anyone that really even talked about mushrooms. So I was like, why is this so familiar? And um, my mother is 
was born and raised in very rural Italy. And she lived in like a mountaintop town, 2000 people, all the babies were born at home. The nearest hospital was like two hours away. So we're talking about a community that is like really invested with the medicine that's like right in front of them. Mm. So the plants, and we're talking about plant medicine, um, that includes all the plants, right? Like some herbalist educators say that all plants are entheogenic in their own way. Like a rose can teach you so much. They all have like properties. They all that, have that these ha- that can be healing. This magic, yeah. this inherent like wisdom about each and every one of them. Well, they're alive. They're living species, and they have an intelligence. Right. The same way that they talk about Madre, you know, ayahuasca, Santa Maria, cannabis. Like they all have an intelligence, and so like she comes from a long line of people that like knew how to listen to plants and like relied on them for everything that they needed in their life. And so um, the tattoos that I have on my hands are for her. So I have oregano and then I also have rosemary. And then mm. these are plants that we garden, we harvest. They're part of our food. And for us, like our healing came from the things that we ate in the kitchen. And so this perspective I have around entheogens comes from this practice of like folk knowledge, how knowledge is passed from like grandmother to granddaughter, from mothers to like their grandchildren and, you know, among the family line. And I, I thank her so much for just the wisdom she really ingrained in me about being inherently suspicious of the system mm. and like question everything, even the church. Like she got, got, she got kicked out of the Catholic church when she was like 12 or 13 years old for asking too many questions. And so that really led me down this road of like, what is the church done to human consciousness? And like, what, yeah, I mean. what are laws trying to keep us away from, you know? So grateful for that piece. And then on my father's side of the family, my ancestors are Mexican um, from the borderlands. So actually peyote territory and also mushrooms are a big part of the um, Mexica, Azteca, Mayan consciousness. And when the Spaniards came by, that was like one of the removals um, from the Mexican people was their relationship with the sacred mushroom. So there was like everything screaming in my body when I came to the mushroom. I was like, I'm back. Like I found this level of consciousness again that had been like so removed from so many people in my family. And then of course, like my Caribbean ancestors are like, dancing and singing people and musical and um, music as medicine as well. And so they have their own special tradition with the Orisha, the Yoruba tradition, voodoo, um, Santaria that I think also gave me a lot of like blueprints for this specific flavor in which I like sit with medicine. So tried cannabis for the first time at age 12 and then I sat with LSD and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know if y'all have ever tried LSD before. Yeah, I have. It's, um, it'll crack you wide open. So oh, it, I got cracked. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long journey, but you know what? After my first time sitting with LSD as a freshman in college, I felt it was, it's so, cause it grows from a, it's from a fungus, right? Okay. So I was, I was going to ask, is that Where is considered, it from? yeah, I have no clue. I was just taking it, but I thought it was like a lab drug, but it, it is. does. Okay. It's synthesized, but it has an organic derivative. Like it has an origin in nature, okay. which is really great. I love LSD so much. And the reason we even know about LSD is because Albert Hoffman was studying traditional midwifery. This is like where this like mushroom thing kind of comes together here is because a lot of the ways that we even know about entheogens is because lay midwives and people caring for other people with like womb care um, have been bringing these medicines in for a really long time. 
So um, actually LSD, its original um, constituent ergot is a fungus. So it's fungus um, kind of inspired and derived. What was he, what was, what would, what would be the purpose for it in mid midwifery? Were they searching for it? Yeah. Yeah. So they were, they were finding a, um, to induce labor. Mm. Oh, like a natural induction versus not taking like the hormone from like whatever they're taking it from now. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's not Pitocin, right. which is synthetic oxytocin, but the traditional midwives found that when they would like give a woman who is installed labor ergot, that it would progress her stalled labor because it causes uterine contraction. So it's kind of an amenagogue actually. So um he was studying that and then found like was trying to actually make um, like an induction medication and then this gets synthesized and he tried it and here we have bicycle day April 19th so that's the first bike ride that anyone ever took on acid was really bicycle day on what day bicycle day April 19th we need to ride a bike and take acid that day Uh, a lot of people do I'm gonna be speaking in San Francisco on that day like for bicycle day it's like a big celebration in San Francisco is everyone on LSD on bicycle day they have to be a lot of people yeah and then 420 is right after so it's just this big like oh uh, shit you know what I mean walk off the streets I don't need to worry about cars on acid I just want to run yeah I don't want to be around a lot of people on LSD I mean you know I haven't I mean my LSD experience wasn't like yours it was Mm. it was um it was for sure intense and trippy but it wasn't I don't think I went in into it I know you didn't necessarily go into it with an intention but you kind no, of did I, I, no I did we said oh intention. you did you did I was just mm. saying that too like you had set the tone also in that trip of like surrender mm. which I think then even further deepened your experience you with it. Yeah. whereas mine was at a music festival oh <laughs> word it's hard to go within at a so music festival it was just purely about kind of getting fucked up it wasn't mm. there was no intention behind it I'd be interested to take it now like you know now I, that, with that intention I, yeah right medicine in such a different way absolutely yeah and what was interesting I think about trying that first was or like having that big experience first is just um it set a really cool foundation for that surrender like getting used to the idea that like you're not going to be completely in control of like your journey but like an observer of the contents or like the unconscious material of your mind and the only thing you really have in those moments is of course like the container the set and setting of where you're at and also like coping skills like breathing techniques and like tapping and other things to help like trauma and like memories just move through the body Mm -hmm. and so if you learn those skills basically you can carry those skills into any environment like birth even and so like the realms are they apply to each other. And when I was yeah, sitting with LSD, I was like, yo, I just need to get my hands in some soil because it was really heady. I don't know if you remember, but it's like lots of thoughts moving quickly, like really colorful, but it can be really ungrounding. And we kind of talked about grounding. So I wanted to like go to, to a garden and just like sit my feet in the soil and be like, okay, I'm still on planet earth though. And I kind of searched for something that gave me both that I could have these yeah, expansive thoughts, emotional processing, but also I felt very much in my body. Yeah. And so that's when mushrooms came and I was like, oh, this is home. Like this is fucking hidden. Like, and then when I started mixing mushrooms with other herbs, mm. like holy basil or rose or chamomile or ginger, I was like, oh, it's a fucking wrap. Like these medicines know how to talk to each other really well and it creates for a really beautiful, well-rounded experience. So um, yeah, just that was nine years ago. Mm. Well, 
Uh, that's what I thought. That's super impressive because when I when I think about, I'm like, damn. What if I would have had this like intentional LSD experience in college? I would have been like mm-hmm. a whole different bitch for a decade. Changed <laughs> 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 the game. I just did this shit like Ooh. three years ago. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but, but never like, too late. Never no, too late. No, because now I, ha- you know, I, I have the 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 veil has been like yeah. the cloak's been removed. But it's so important. What gave you the ins? Well, I guess because mm. you were just already had a relationship with the plants mm-hmm. to just go at that age early intentionally. Just mm-hmm. like, let me go here and see what happens. Oh my gosh! So like, what was the intention to try LSD for yeah. the first time? Well, yeah, like, yeah. Were, were you like trying to have a spiritual breakthrough, or were you just like, yeah, <laughs> I think the best way is it was offered to me. Okay, so someone was like, I was in college, and then we were in the Origins of the Universe. It was like an elective, <laughs> and um, my this guy that he was just sitting in the back row watching the Giants game. He's like from the Bay, hyphy as fuck, and he's like, Do you really want to like see the Origins of the Universe? <laughs> <laughs> Movie. Not watching the Giants game. In the back Fuck this class. A football loving secret. The sorcerers come in different, That's what like, I'm kind saying. different forms. Mm-hmm. Don't, let it, don't let it get past you. You'd be the, like, the, like, the least likely place. You'd be like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Are, you, are you a wizard? <laughs> and he was, he was like mixed too. So I was just like, wait, what are you talking about? You know? And <laughs> where, where are we going to go? You're my people. What? He's like, I'll show you. And I think that also, I think for me really disrupts this notion that all of this is like hippie shit. Even you asked like, Oh, your parents, hippies, your family's hippies. It's like the hippie revolution, like did so much to like ingrain in the cultural consciousness that like only white people take psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And so for, you know, someone who's like melanated to like, you know, offer offer this to me, I'm like, okay, maybe this is somewhere I can feel safe. Maybe this is not some white people shit. Maybe this is somewhere I can feel supported or someone who could like see me or process with me or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was absolutely true, but we were also like drinking Henny and listening to like E40 while it was going on, but still really expansive and really helpful and valuable. Yeah, it was very balanced. And I found that as I continued to eat mushrooms or I continued to sit with other groups, I just noticed like some groups felt right and some groups just didn't hit, you know, and some places felt right and some places just didn't and so when I started to find elders and I started to in a way like refine this path and like find a a place and a space that felt really right for me that's when the healing started to accelerate Mm. it was like the mushrooms were kind of actually clearing out so much it was like not this group not this space not these behaviors not these practices and it does a really wonderful subtle adjustment of your entire life if you just choose to kind of follow what it wants to tell you um some medicine is more abrupt than others like ayahuasca is just like bam slap in the face like she'll just tell you like everything that's wrong sometimes it just be like I'll help you clear it out all right now and mushrooms I find that they worked with me in a really gentle way so I'm grateful for that because I needed gentleness I always say that mushrooms are a gentle a gentle shift yes come here baby let me show you you're fucking up (laughs) (laughs) I I saw that I know you you um you talk and share a lot of your expertise in womb healing and womb care and I was reading um or I was looking at your page and you were talking about uh using um mushrooms and 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 other herbs too during um I guess what going into your your moon Mm -hmm. or your period for those who don't know what that is menstrual your menstrual cycle and using it and using plant medicine to um you know walk you 
journey you through that, those days. Yeah. Can you talk to us about what kind of medicine you use or maybe even that what you would recommend that maybe more women should, mm. you know, tap into? Absolutely. So yeah, womb, womb care is such a deep continuum and like mm. I'm answering I know, it's a, I know it's a big daily. question. Of course. Um, but just laying the – go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say I know it's a big question too because everyone's needs in this, in this space too are different. That's exactly it. You know? And every question is there's so many nuances. There's so many like a variety of factors. Like the people with PCOS are all so extremely different than each other. The people dealing with endo are extremely different from each other. But, um, you know, even in the language that, that we utilize to talk about our relationship with plants, like – I use mushrooms. I use plants. It's like, well, is that relationship? Mm. Are you trying to use your friends? Mm. Um, so being in relationship with some plants have like really changed the way that people cycle, people connect with their menstruation, people can heal. So for me, some of my choice plants that are absolute amazing womb allies, I really work with amenagogues. Amenagogues are plants that help you bleed. That's what a menagogue means. It like it means to um, support the flow of your menses, and so for a lot of people, they're dealing. Most of the folks that I deal with and talk to are like, "Am I pregnant? I don't want to be pregnant. Like, can you help me? Um, you know, my period's late for whatever reason." And so, amenagogues have become like an avenue that I've kind of focused in because it's a need, especially in a post Roe v. Wade world right now. And not only are menagogues helpful for uh, assisting bleeding, but also easing the process of bleeding. So there's also a lot of people that are dealing with like cramps, heavy menstruation, or like PMS or these other symptoms of the womb. So when you said, you know, plants leading into your menstruation, like this is the period we really like to work with plants that have amenagogue properties and also can like ease flow and allow us to release in an easeful way. So the choice amenagogue plants that I like to lean on during these times are, I love to work with angelica root. Dong Kui is the traditional Chinese medicine word um, for this plant, and it's a uterine contractant, and it also is a uterine tonic. So it helps your uterus to like remain strong and have um, a regular hormonal balance. And so um, angelica root is a choice. You can use it through all phases of your cycle, but right before menstruation, it seems to be really helpful for bringing on the menstruation like when it's due, mm-hmm. um, whether you're pregnant or not which is cool. Um, also, I really like to work with things like, I, I work with Nervines a lot. So holy basil, okay. Tulsi tea, if you are familiar with Tulsi. I've heard of holy basil. They're the same. Okay. okay. Tulsi okay. and holy basil are the same. So people that are dealing with um, premenstrual symptoms and they're kind of like irritated, for example. There's a lot of different needs during that time of the cycle. But um, nervines, a nervine means to kind of like soften the experience of the nervous system. Mm. And sometimes like people, when they're getting really agitated or irritated, they just need a little bit of like a soft like support, just like, yo, it's going to be okay. You don't need to stress. Don't need to get anxious. So um, holy basil is choice. Rose is also choice. Um, And rose mostly in that the way that roses open, they kind of like um, unfurl. Mm-hmm. And so when we're thinking about release and we're thinking about bleeding, it could be like this unfurling. Like we're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to like let myself open as opposed to like straining to like, uh, like I want to push my blood out. It's like Stuffing no. tampons up your pussy. Girl. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's just like, it, this is not the time to make the body want to shut up. This mm-hmm. is the time to like allow the body full expression. And um, I think like, I mean, as women, we've been uh, kind of ashamed in ways around that. I mean, I know some women, if you're listening, might, might have only used pads their whole life. And then mm. some women are like super tamponed up, like, you know, yeah. never even considered a pad. I was one of those women. Like, mm. me too. I don't think I even, I think I maybe wore pads for like the mm. first five or six months of me having my menstrual cycle. Yeah. And then I figured out, I learned to, I like figured out how to put a tampon in and it was over from Well, there. pads feel gross, right? Like they're yeah, they're, like, yeah. like high and like made of plastic. Right. And it's just terrible right. for your body. But yeah. you know, I think like sometime in the last like two years, um, I stopped using tampons at all. And mm. now like, and then just becoming more, I guess, mm. less ashamed of your period mm-hmm. and just more aware of it. And it's so crazy because in the last, I'd say like last like year, mm. it's, I've been having a lot of conversations with women about their periods. And I think mm. it's become more... Um, not so, so something you kind of like, sh- sh- like right. are ashamed about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more that I talk about it, the more that I'm aware of it. And even the more education I get around the idea of rest when you yes, have your period. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just realized I'm so much more like aware of like how I feel during my period. Even this last period I had, um, I was like clotting a lot and like mm. I was just feeling really tired. Mm-hmm. And normally I wouldn't even associate my period with why I'm tired. Mm. I, I was just like, oh, it must be like. Mm. stressed out or something or like mm. you know you're not associating the fact that you are like releasing a ton of nutrients I was gonna say, hemor- I was like, say hemorrhaging but yeah <laughs> it's not it's not a nice word to say either. right um you're but, shedding an endometrial lining yeah that's not cute it's, like, it's also probably based in shame you're not hemorrhaging girl um you're gonna survive <laughs> you're not gonna die right um uh, but Loki, some people are though, and I think that's actually important to address. Is that some people like are cycling in a way that there's like a giant body dump that's happening, and not every period needs to be heavy. Like they say that the menstrual cycle is like the fifth vital sign. Like looking at how often you menstruate and how heavily and for how long can really give us an indication of health. And so if someone is like filling up like super jumbo tampons, like four, seven days straight or something like this, actually something we, we might want to look at and, and be like, can we bring in some other plant allies? For example, um, black haw and black haw was like used also in the South. And so for for women of the like African diaspora, like this is maybe a plant that they would have come in contact with and it softens uterine contractions. It could mm. stop an abortion like in its tracks. Mm. So it like really releases the edge on like the uterus and can soften cramps and can like really slow down bleeding. Mm. So can yarrow. So like plants can do so many things and education is liberation. So if people are like, there's no shame in saying like hemorrhaging because that shit does happen. Um, but it, it's not to shame the person for experiencing it it's to use it as a sign it's to read it as a marker of health Mm -hmm. and plants can support a person coming into balance with their own health and their bleeding yeah it's so crazy how like so early on we kind of know immediately not it's like it's a hush hush thing Mm -hmm. like it's not anything to like it's nothing to necessarily be yeah like to be celebrated (laughs) it's like fuck you know like even i got my period and i told my dad and he's like what make it stop i was like i can't and then i immediately it's the whole society immediately i was like tampon i don't want to like have to deal with this Mm -hmm. thing like you know if it's in it's out i don't see it type thing Mm -hmm. but i i think people because we're so ashamed of it and it's such like a hush hush topic so early is that we like even as you're discussing like um 
developing relationships with herbs, developing even like, you know, in school, I'm in Tantra school, like developing relationships with elements, you know, mm. like, um, like I, I'm realizing the importance mm. of like the development of the relationship of yeah. like even the things that we haven't put a lot of emphasis on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting because like it, mm. if I think about it, I for a, this is not a popular statement, but like I would forget like I was bleeding and I would just like be pantyless and then I'm like oh fuck you know like my first instinct is not to stuff it or like yes. conceal it. Like, Let's for, talk about that. You know Let's talk I mean? about like, free bleeding, please. Free bleeding, and I was like there was never like there wasn't a word for that except like bitch, you're dumb. You keep bleeding on the floor. Like put, go put something on. Like this is like in my house. But I I started to notice that like mm. I was my body. Mm didn't feel like I needed to mm. be like, cons- like, it, it, but socially I was like, if anyone was like, bitch, you're dripping on the floor. Yeah, yeah. But it was only something that I was aware. Like I started to be like subconsciously aware of or mm. consciously aware of that. I really didn't want to be wearing these things. Mm-hmm. And then like we, Erica got me the Mahdi bodies. <laughs> what my, is that? Like of the panty. The period underwear. In. Yeah. yeah okay, the period yeah. underwear. <laughs> Shout out to Mahdi Bhatt. <laughs> um, Wearing like, them right now. Right. And and I was thinking about even what you're saying, like in the last two, three years, you know, we, you know, we've yeah. come into contact with women that were having conversations about mm. the menstrual and how, you know, once upon a time, everyone in the village would give the, whoever's on their period their prayers and they would go away yeah. and only right take, sense. like only take the mm-hmm. small babies that can, you know, like the kids go, yeah. everyone was kind of in like prayer mode. Like we were, like Good. women were connecting with spirit and with source and everyone. We powerful. The, because mm-hmm. we could do this thing together, uh, you know, in these, in these red tents. And yeah. then I'm thinking like the, as our show has progressed and like mm. we've strengthened our, like we've become more aware of certain things and like more bold and speaking about things and talking to different educators and different people. It's like, we have been like awakened in ways and like mm. less shamed about like, yeah, I, I stopped mm. taking birth control last month or, you know, or, or you know, like yeah. fucking Nelly talking about her moon, <laughs> you know, and encouraging me to get off of birth control. But it's like, we've attracted a lot of witches, you know, mm-hmm. like in our circle, because this is how that's how the world works. When mm. you put your vibration out, you get the, mm-hmm. your people. So it's just like the, even the awakening and you yeah. even saying in the beginning, um, the resurrecting, like last week I changed my bio and I was like, resurrect, resurrect, the wild women and then I like let it sit for seven days and I was like resurrecting people might get triggered by that and then I changed mm. it to something else <laughs> but I'm like it's true because yeah. it's, this is information that our bodies know that our spirits mm-hmm. know that we've visited before and they're familiar to us mm-hmm. and we don't know why and if you're not careful you're like that is some white people hippie ass shit like I don't mm-hmm. do that girl but it's like actually you do and you've done yeah. it before yes, and now know. it's time to remember you know like the relationships with like energies and mm. plants and your period and like mm-hmm. the reawakening the reemerging of that natural indigenous you know human that we've been brainwashed away from the earth relies on our blood the earth gives her blood and let's talk about um menstrual harvesting (laughs) let's talk about that (laughs) yeah it's like phase one is free bleed phase two (laughs) is giving blood to the land um (laughs) no it's and and also just um yeah how to how to hold your menstrual blood how to capture your menstrual blood I used to really talk about this a lot on TikTok and TikTok's like, nah, you cannot share your menstrual blood on this platform anymore. <laughs> it just was like video down, video down, video down. I was no like, more people mission. need to see this because um, it's going away one way or another. So does it want to be in a tampon at a Walmart or do you want to have access to your own body parts and be able to have some agency around where it goes and what you would like to do with it? Because this is not biological waste and they're like, 
concept and the idea that menstrual fluid is biological waste product comes from Hippocrates, comes from a Greek um, scientist who was couldn't have been more wrong about what menstruation was. It also comes from Aristotle, who is seen as like the father of biology. And he really believed that like women get like all stored up with this mania and <laughs> that the only way to cure it is to just like get pregnant or get married. And so it's just like the whole society was misogynistic and our Western medical culture is like based on Hippocratic oaths, based around the frameworks laid out by these Greek guys that just had no idea about like the magic and the medicine of menstruation. And they stole a lot of shit from ancient Egypt. Like we all know that the the Pythagorean theorem was like already laid out in the Egyptian pyramid. So it's just like, bro, like what are we even trying to do here? It That whole, the Egyptian and Kemetic society had already laid out such an incredible framework for like understanding the needs of the bleeding body. So much so that in the Ebers Papyrus 1500 BC, there was a, a recipe for abortion and a gynecological aspect of its manual to like serve bleeding bodies. And so I'm like, you're going to take everything, but you're not even going to take this vital piece of information about menstrual blood. And so for the last 2,600 years, we've been under the impression that menstrual blood is Well, that like wouldn't poisonous. empower the woman. I mean, of course, they're not going to take that. That would definitely not empower and the not woman. And they're not going to hold on to my eye either, which I was like, that's no, like one of the- shame us and make us all feel weird for even listening to this conversation. For yeah. those that are listening and are like, oh my God, they're talking about putting menstrual blood and period blood and what are they doing? With, what are they doing with our blood? There's so, <laughs> and, there's, and there's so many benefits to not just um, holding on to one's own menstrual blood and like offering it to the land, but there are nutritional components of menstrual blood. I mean, this is the original soil from which the sperm or a seed will be implanted. So think of like the uterine lining as like the rich soil of the earth, essentially, and like all the nutrients needed in order to um, nourish a life and support it in its earliest phases, which seem to be the most important. Um, are all contained within. So that includes stem cells, that includes um, over 324 different proteins that are only found in menstrual blood mm. that the earth like just loves. And when I say the earth, I mean literally the microbiology in the soil. And so um, capturing menstrual blood can happen a lot of different ways. I'm currently bleeding and I'm using a sponge. So sponges are really important to me. They feel a little bit more natural to me. They're like really soft. They're, I know you're in the sponge game too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but these are a Mediterranean silky like um, cosmetic grade sponge. So they're very, very soft and they're extremely absorbent. And like you just kind of stick them in and then like pull them out. And I think also the conversation of like our gross, like, oh, it's like menstrual blood. It's kind of messy, like gets on your fingers. But how am I supposed to know the health of my body if I can't even see the blood? Mm. Like I need to see the color, the texture, smell it, like get a really deep understanding for like what is within my body. And the only way to know what's happening in your uterus without medical equipment is to read your menstrual blood. Mm -hmm. So um, the sponge is often what I use. And then I just rinse it with water and squeeze into a bowl. And I just have a beautiful bowl of like watered down menstrual blood that I can feed to my plants as fertilizer. I can give to my garden. Um, I can just leave as an offering for the land. And I was taught by a wise sister of mine really early in my game. I had tons of mentors. Like everything that I'm fucking sharing right now is someone else taught me. And that's like the beauty of the womb link because we don't own any of this information. This is like word of mouth. This 
is folk teaching. Like we're just sitting in circle. We're in a pink tent right now, (laughs) you know, like teaching the womb wisdoms. And this is how it was always shared. And um, she said that um, when we remember to give our blood to the land, the men will come back from war. The land is going to receive it one way or another. And so menstrual blood is the only blood that is shed without violence. So if we can tip the scales a little bit, maybe we can tip the balance of violence in the world. And it's like literally, like quite literally, like, like harvesting right back into the like to the world it's like community work from your body like in the physical realm you know and we think Mm -hmm. about that energetically we think about the shift like the feminine Mm -hmm. like dominance that you know the resurrecting that's happening with the women and like the like we're resurrecting it's like the wild woman is like re-emerging and so like when you are physically pouring yourself Mm -hmm. back into the world Mm -hmm. that is physically pouring that that Mm -hmm. femininity like hey wake up yeah, we are like encoding the land with our our dreams, DNA, yeah. our DNA, our and that's that's an important point actually. There's like an old um, trick in gardening. So some of my friends they like grow cannabis and things. So I'd love to bring Santa Maria back into this conversation. But there's an old school practice of putting seeds in the mouth, and so what that does is it gives the seeds your DNA. And so when you go and plant mm. and it grows, it grows for you. Mm. Oh, like before you plant. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. So the, the seeds are in your mouth, you plant it, and then it grows with your DNA in mind because it's like entrenched in it. And so as breastfeeding mothers, we know and have been hopefully taught that when babies are suckling, their salivary glands mm. are communicating to the breast to the body and the body is now making milk to fit their nutritional needs. How is the earth going to know what we need if we're not sweating and bleeding and pouring into it? So when we give the blood, when we we give our tears, when we give whatever we want to give to the land, it's telling the earth, like, this is me. This is what I am. This is what I need right now. And I've had plants pop up in my garden that I've needed because I'd been pouring out and she's reading like she's activating seeds that are fucking dormant just because she can feel like what is needed in that DNA. So this is part of this conversation of like also rematriation, like rematriating psychedelics. So rematriation means like the the action, the everyday action of reinforcing our relationship to Mother Earth, mm. like reinforcing like the divinity of the human family and all the non-human relatives with our place here on the land. And part of the colonization practice was to remove people from land. Oh, and Manhattan, and oh, have they? And oh, have they? And so for us to come back to the land, for us to give our blood back and, you know, give our placentas back after birth, if that's something that we are choosing to do, like this is tying us so intimately with the land. It's like we will die to protect it because we are literally in the land now. I, I planted my placenta oh. um, and glory tree on top of it. And like, that was like, that was just my first mind. Like, you're not going to take all my, like my, my, all my shit. Like, I don't trust that you're going to like, do, like, it goes into it. medical waste anyway. Uh, for, well, knows? that's what they say. They know, they know, tells me they know this, the power of the placenta. Yeah. If we do, they do. Yeah. So. yeah. And they're using it for themselves. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, nope, I brought my own container. I'll take oh. that. And, I, and now the tree is huge. It's like a huge tree. And it's been feeding off of that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't like that was just my first mind because I'm like I'm not gonna send this off to get encapsulated like but you're not gonna take my shit and yeah. keep it in the freezer like just plant no. a tree just, just bring it down into the earth yeah but yeah. you know I, just like even thinking about you know living in a country that has really taken people and put them in a foreign place it's like you know I, I often 
I've often thought about that, like mm. how confusing for the like. I mean, it's apparent in our culture, you know, like African American wow. like history is so dark. But mm. like when you take someone's music, their culture, their, their religion, food. their um, their sense of self, their you know their pride, mm. there is so much confusion. Everything You're, they're everything. Mm. You literally you literally set off a people into like the abyss of like white supremacy and like the patriarchy. And it's like, that's a very confusing, um, you know, obviously there's like a, a state mm. of confusion amongst the people. And we've seen that in so mm. many ways. And it's like, it, it's in- interesting what you're mm. saying is because you don't necessarily have to go back to the motherland to get mm. that again. But if we take the time to just connect to the land mm-hmm. anywhere, mm-hmm. like we will start to like awaken mm. these mm. things because we are genetically, you know, like, that we're connected mm. no matter what, no matter where we're at. Our DNA is in the land. Yeah. A really dope herbalist. Sorry. Do you no, want to go no, no, and no, say something first? Um, a really dope herbalist. She, she taught me she's so cool too. Um, we, yeah, we were sitting in a mushroom circle and then in the morning we do earth-based med- um, integration. So we like go back to the land and like re situate ourselves in the earth and she came and she led like a really beautiful plant walk and she told all of us that the best way to introduce yourself to a new piece of land is to pee on it well, I, I, well, <laughs> I was like why well, do that shit anyway I, I've been implanting my DNA <laughs> all over the world I knew I was one with the land one way or another was the pee and all of these it. things that connect us are like seen as savage like people look at you with your blood on the ground or like you peeing outside and be like ew that's so like improper that's so like savage and it's like good shit that can happen. good I'm a human being I'm a human animal it's okay to be a human I'm animal I'm a human animal <laughs> it's true you were gonna say something I forgot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much to say. I'm like yeah. so deep in this conversation. But, you yeah. know, it's even back to the comrade, like even, to, you know, me and Erica often say, even er- me and Erica often say like, and I did this, I, I did your thing the other day about like the anatomy of the woman. Like so many women mm. haven't even like looked at their vaginas. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like no one's ever told you, go look at your vagina it in the mirror. It looks like a rose. You're, like, my mom <laughs> never told me, go look at my vagina in the mirror. You know, mm-hmm. it does. But yeah. You know, Erica did it with with her daughter, and oh, and I didn't. The opportunity that. hadn't really come up, but then recently it did. <laughs> and I was like, "Come here." She's like, "What?" I was like, "Come here." And I closed the door. And I locked the door, and I like <laughs> propped her legs up, and I put a mirror. And I was like, "Have you ever looked at your vagina?" And she's like, "No, stop." I was like, "No, you should look at it." But yeah. you know, and she was all like, "Okay, mom." I'm like, "You see, like this is how you know how to wash it. This is your outer labia. This is your inner labia. Thank this is like you. where you pee from." Yeah. You know, I'm like, "No, you have to look at it. So it's yours. It's you. It's nothing to be ashamed of." I'm like, "Mommy has it. 100. Like, you know, it, it it looks different, and it's going to you know evolve. But yes. like, you know, it's so like the clean correctly." Yeah. I was really excited to have this opportunity because Eric had been done it, and I was like. When is it going to be my time? <laughs> you, just, you, just, you have to make the time. Yeah, like, no, hey, like, by the way, time. But it, like this conversation, us being feeling innately shamed about our period, mm. like you don't really like, oh, I'm a period, or like even for me now, like there's certain things, like people start, like like you know that some things seem abrasive, and I'm like, why am I? Mm. You know, because I love birth. I'm a birth like consuming bitch on YouTube. I showed my daughter like so much natural birth, and she's like, I don't want to have kids. I'm like, I my scar her for life. <laughs> but it's like that same uh, concept that you know. I always think like, how can you really know your full mm. self if you're afraid to look at your vagina in the mirror? Mm. You know, like if you're not acknowledging it, it's like, usually you're not acknowledging your pleasure. You're not acknowledging certain parts. Well, you of have you. to take it. You have to like take a step further. It's like, okay, mm. now the blood. Now what else? Mm-hmm. What else that comes through? Right. I was thinking about just. I think a lot of the shame, at least for girls or young young girls when they get their period is like 
that first time that they bleed through their like pants oh, or they bleed. Yeah. Oh, it's so confronting. Or they bleed on the bed. Or even or if you see it, like I've seen a tampon string out of a bathing suit. That is like mortifying. That. Yeah. I, I, I had my tampon string at a nude beach and I was like, ah, I was like, bitch, you're at a nude beach. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're terrified you had about. No protection. <laughs> but I think about like those moments are really defining for a, mm-hmm. a young woman. And, and also just, you know, how uh, the person, like uh, how her parent reacts to it and can totally change the, tra- the trajectory oh of gosh, your experience. Thank you for bringing that up. And, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast about like my first period experience and my mom, the first thing she said was, well, first of all, it was panic. It was on my 11th birthday and it was a pool party birthday, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, her, like, mm. I could see her trying to keep it cool, but I was like anxious because I, I wasn't prepared for this. I don't even think I knew what a period was. Like right. she had hid her period from me. Mm. So I didn't know that it existed and so there i was bleeding why do moms do that i don't know i mean why I don't, don't they think they're, they're gonna warn you that you might fall off a bike but not that you're gonna bleed between your legs for four days like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it seems basic and so yeah i remember bleeding and then you know it was like oh my god it was like almost like cl- like this hurry and clean up thing yeah. i think and this is not a, like a slight to her at all like you know but yeah. There was that, and then it was like, oh, now you can get pregnant. And I was like, whoa, there's a lot of information uh, on day one of uh, I didn't even know why the fuck I'm bleeding. Like, <laughs> you know? And well, so, you know, I think that there's um, a lot of shame wrapped around those those first experiences hunting. with when you're a young girl. And then, you know, as you mature and your period changes and, you know, even noticing this, my last mm. period, I, I was clotting. And I mm. normally, like, my periods are pretty, um, like, easy. And mm. so even – because I'm so much more mindful, I'm like, something feels different. Mm-hmm. I feel more tired. And I was curious, mm-hmm. even this month, like, what did I, what's what different, different in me? Like, that is, yeah. that this is, like, a shift. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I swear mm-hmm. I had this, like, I had this, like, instinct to, like, go into the toilet and pick it up. And, like, I wanted to touch it. And I didn't do it because I was like, that's <laughs> fucking weird. And that, I, I don't. <laughs> but, like. Why not? Like, why not? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it is of me. I why mean, not? I have. Like, when there's something, like, sick, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? It's, like, it's, a little, it's a little bit, like... There's it's... been times where I have touched, like, if it's, like, yeah. in, like, like, you know, like, the toilet paper, but, like, have I ever touched it? Really, yeah. really yeah. looked at it, said, yeah. what the fuck is Poked that? Poked it. Poked it. Like, <laughs> yeah. why is it more Examined red this it. month than last month? Like, not really knowing like, the health of your womb. Totally. But, like, we talk about womb care so much on the internet. There's all these womb cares and all these different things, but there's still, I think... A stigma. A, a, lack of uh, an avoidance that happens mm-hmm. you want other people to handle your womb care like there's still this like mm. lack of sovereignty over your womb mm. you want people to deal with it for you even mm. even in a holistic way mm. and you know i think like mm. even me in my mind you know i'm not gonna lie i saw your video where you you were putting blood on your face and i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> thankfully that was just red paint because i knew take i was gonna fuck her but i had to ask myself like yeah. oh so like why is that weird and it's then, her is right you know yeah. and there's there is like a, a huge stigma around mm-hmm. using what comes from our body for things but we will fucking let a man nut all over our face <laughs> and swallow it in five seconds <laughs> You know, like, oh, like wait, you want me to swallow? Oh, it? oh you want me to use your oh, semen sure, for a sure, facial? Sure, no daddy. problem. Like, give me your semen. Let me put it all over my face and go to sleep. And then with go it. tell your friends. And then he netted on my face, and but, I let him. But we're afraid to touch. But like, I, I would never tell Erica. Like, yeah. I put a little blood on my. Pimple. And then I touched my clot, and then I like observed it. Like, so this morning, yeah, I, I, t- I went to my clots. Everything seems normal. Like, my name's <laughs> on my face. 
<laughs> I tested my neck as not everything seems good. We're, we're, yeah, it's um, just we're like really ra- healthy. Radical yeah. body literacy is just not as hot as being a fucking hoe. You know, being a porn star our for sacred, men. Our sacred hoeness and yeah. our womb care together That's as right. one. No That's hierarchy. Right. Well, and I'm just like, yo, can can men feel like as loving and as confident with like menstrual blood all over their face? I've had men. I mean, I've I've had some men that are not scared of it, not scared of blood at all. And then I've had ones that are like, I'll wait. Like I don't want. Like this isn't. I've had literally had a guy say, like, isn't that your time to bleed? Like, shouldn't you like go away? Go away. Basically, do your do your like trying to tell me what the fuck. It's like intimacy is my thing right now. Like, what do you mean? Everybody is telling me what what I should be doing with my body. Like, you're gonna tell me. Just say you don't want to do that. You're scared. (laughs) But you know what? Also, I don't know what I was. We were watching, but um, or what I was listening to, but they were saying that you Mm. know, just like on the power of menstrual blood is like Mm -hmm. the highest level of like ritual that you can like participate in yes, is sex yeah. magic and blood magic yeah and you know like and you could get both with having sex on your period <laughs> and exactly and i've done that but like even you know like me and orlando's blood bond which is like i don't know what ever inspired me to allow some guy that i knew for a month to put blood on my chest from his initials but ever mm-hmm. since then we've been rocking hard you know <laughs> <laughs> so it works yeah, you know but you, that's why you have to be careful of having mm-hmm. period sex with people mm-hmm. um like and and just like respecting respecting mm-hmm. the fluids that come of your body mm-hmm. and like not just like throwing them away and yeah. and it comes with also just respecting the uh, the sovereignty and the divinity of, of your existence and mm. I think that's that's like that's also transition is like the the big word you used in you know remembering your the divine in you mm-hmm. entheogen entheogen like muscle blood is an entheogen entheogen yeah. So it's just like um, it, I feel like it's like a, a cere- one of the ceremonies in you know coming back to your own divinity and mm-hmm. like being aware of the substances that you, you know even like breast milk, mm-hmm. um, like you know this yeah. the what, what we secrete when we come, like right. they're, they're all sacred because they come from us and we are like divine goddess women. You We're know? just exuding elixirs of life, <laughs> yes, from every orifice, literally. <laughs> I, I saw something on your page too about like how society should should treat women that are bleeding. Uh huh. How should they treat us? Give us some damn rest, please. Time off of work. Let us sleep. Give us some food. Give us some chill. Like I, I really do feel like these women-run businesses now are taking acknowledgement of this. But for the most part, like people working their nine to fives, they don't get time off for bleeding. There's no like, there's hardly even the mental health like time off. And then the um, maternity leave and extended family leave is a fucking atrocious in this country. So why would we even care about bleeding people? Definitely not caring about bleeding people. Yeah, they're barely even giving a shit about women who just gave birth. And and that's also part of like the the womb, like Mm. the the womb negligence that we experience in society. Like even women don't feel empowered, don't know a lot about Mm. birth. So they're going into hospitals and just signing away Mm -hmm. like their whole right. It's like do whatever, and then you come leave fucking cut open, and you're wondering why. Yeah, because you gave that like we could disconnect from this part, and we're like fuck, it, I don't want to deal with it. I'm gonna stuff it with tampons. I'm gonna take it to the doctor when it's time to birth, and like these are all like these are all times that are actually like rites of passage and 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 mm. like paths to source. Mm. That if we had the tools, we could be tapping into ourselves and to God, mm. but we're so afraid of them because everyone said it's gross and weird that we just say like fuck it, you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think these these divinities become really apparent when some people decide to build a relationship with earth medicine and in those experiences with earth medicine um 
like dive into their wombs. That's part of the care that I offer some people is like Yoni Steam we were talking about. There's so much that comes up during Yoni Steam that can come up during Yoni Steam. Like maybe if you're not watching like a movie or whatever, but you know, it doesn't really matter. I, I just feel like people can like drop into their body, whether that's through dance, whether that's through Yoni Steaming or like womb massage or bleeding time or being in postpartum. Like there are these times where you know, we can pull into our body a little bit and ask these questions of like, what's going on? I want to massage myself. I want to feel myself. And to those experiences, I add mushrooms Mm -hmm. to those experiences where it's mushrooms have the capacity to bring us deeper into our bodies. So why not bring in these body practices and like reading our menstrual blood and being with our menstrual blood in a, in congruence with mushrooms. And I find that because mushrooms allow us like a non-linear way of knowing something, it uh, like brings us kind of to, it can give us the image instead of the sentence. Like you're a bad person because of this. It like will show you or like demonstrate the feeling in your body that you get. Mm -hmm. And so when people like place hands on their womb and we're like in journey space and like we're sitting with our womb or we're like breathing and meditating or in my experience, I was going through an at-home pregnancy release last year. And so while I was in my release process, I ate a gram of mushrooms because I was like, I really want to understand like, why did I get pregnant and with who, and what does this release mean for me beyond the greater context of not right now, not at this time. I'm like, cosmically, like what's the deal? What is the big lesson here? And I feel that mushrooms absolutely assisted me in like getting the, the gem, like the nugget of this is why um, you're going through this initiation right now. Mm. And this is the yes that the universe is allowing you to negotiate right now. It's not always like the, no, 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 I don't want to get pregnant. No, no, no. It's like, there's a teacher um, that talks about like tuning into the yes. What is the yes in the situation? It's like, yes, like I'm praying for life. I'm praying for another chance. Like I'm praying for this lesson. Yes, I'm praying for the soul to be released back. And this can be a sacred process and the mushrooms like reaffirming that divinity, reaffirming like the sex and the pregnancy releases and the breakups and those transitions like we know we talked about can be facilitated and made more like a rite of passage. Ceremonial. Absolutely. I was just, I was just, I was just going to say, you know, on that note, I really I want to continue this conversation, but I want to continue it on Patreon because I think we're getting into like the nitty gritty oh, of like a lot okay. of like cool conversations that I think people are interested in. Yeah. And, you know, I know that you like when you're talking about, um, you know, birth releases, like I think mm. for those who don't know what that means, it means like at home abortions. Right. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Yeah. And that can be a really, you know difficult triggering topic for some people absolutely too and and not knowing that they're, they're not having the knowledge to around mm-hmm. what that looks like and yeah. you actually having sovereignty over what that looks like mm-hmm. and not being such a medicalized yeah. experience and also i really want to talk to you about pregnancy and mushrooms yeah absolutely um which yeah. i think obviously is a super stigmatized overly 100%. stigmatized topic yeah and obviously we gotta still dig into the sacred hoe yes yes that's necessary we're not done yeah. yet absolutely yeah aspects of the sacred hoe like pre 
conception, conception, pregnancy, postpartum, like it all, it's all within the Sacred Hill archetype. So like, and I, have, I feel like I have so much of my business to tell. I have so many questions. So make sure you go and click the link in this episode description mm-hmm. to hear the rest of this episode on Patreon. Uh, make sure to go to Patreon or go to patreon.com backslash good moms, bad choices to listen to the rest of this really interesting conversation with Michaela. Can I give to your gift? Yes, yes. please. Yeah. Cause I heard our sister might be in need of this. Um, both the sisters. Both the sisters. <laughs> um, how long have you not been on birth control? Uh, probably since right after I had my daughter, so like eight years. Wow. Yeah. And um, I'm so excited for you to like come come back into your ovulatory cycles too, because that's going to, I mean, it's like birth control, but it's really like ovulation suppression. And so you'll be ovulating really regularly. And so like your whole life is just going to like catapult. Um, So purple is for you. Um, This is the Queen Anne's Lace Tincture. And I want us to try it while we're here because it's really yummy. Do you mind passing it? it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I won't make you bleed right now, but it's an implantation. (laughs) I'm already bleeding. I'm at the end of my bleeding. You're totally good. Okay. Is Um, this going to make her bleed? I'm sorry. No, no, no. She's good. This is an implantation (laughs) inhibitor. Okay. Um, It's tinctured. They're the same. Okay. It's tinctured in tequila. It has a oh, little yes, yes baby. girl. Yes. It has a little bit of cotton root bark syrup, so it's sweet and loving. Oh, so cotton bark, cotton. There's root bark a little is bit in there. Okay. Um, so go ahead and shake it up real good. And then what we like to pray is just like some intentions for our body, so we can shake and say or visualize right the desired outcome, which is to stay baby free for a little while longer um praying for release or whatever it is that feels right for you and then you'll go ahead and open it squeeze the top a little bit and then drop it um on the tongue or under it doesn't matter the te- full. Yeah. That enough? just like that and let it just sit in your mouth for a second and taste the tequila mm-hmm. <laughs> this is queen anne's lace um she's a beautiful offering for your womb and your families um, and to remember that there is a sacred yes in this negotiation, whether that's yes for medicine, yes for pregnancy, yes for pleasure. Um, she can help us tune into our sacred yes. So thank you so much for letting me offer these to you both. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Girl, I take shots of these. That the reason good. I even have these for others is because I make five gallons <laughs> a year. Oh That's it. Just five gallons, uh, one badge. And then you keep it. And, and then so I keep it's, it for it's myself. It's recommended to take these when exactly so after semen exposure after semen exposure yeah you had you had intimacy that's my natural birth control guide you get to scan that into your phone 18 pages of education free books videos all this good shit um so yeah this here as well too that's yep that'll take you to it um and so just education is liberation and so a lot of people don't step into this path because they just don't know what's available so um just helping people to know that this is available accessible and honestly not very expensive either and really back to that literacy back to like i can hold myself and my community can hold me too is Mm. such a luscious and sexy ass feeling i love this yeah thank you and we'll definitely um include the links to um your your shop Mm -hmm. and every all of your offerings in this episode description um before we get out of here two things um (laughs) do you have an affirmation that you can share with our tribe i am the embodiment of my ancestors' wildest dreams. 
I am the embodiment of my ancestors' wildest dreams. Thank you. I resonate with that. I've had a few very clear moments in that feeling. I mean, this this mm. is one of them, but like very mm. distinct moments, especially near water where that comes mm. up for me. Absolutely. And um, we did pour, not pour, we pulled <laughs> the Page of Swords. Page of Swords is new ideas, curiosity, thirst for knowledge, mm. new ways of communicating. It's mm. so interesting. <laughs> We're communicating with the plants. <laughs> That's right. Um... The Page of Swords is full of energy, passion, mm. and enthusiasm. Mm. When this card shows up in a tarot reading, you're bursting with new ideas and plans for the future. You may be excited about starting a new project, pursuing mm. a new approach, or learning something new. Mm. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you have so much energy that you feel, mm. though, you could do almost anything, and you mm. can. You can mm. have sovereignty over your body. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was, like, really in the camera. I, I was like, what? Just, like, put it in there. <laughs> The challenge, mm. however, is whether you can keep it up. Keep it up. Mm. As with all pages, the beginning always looks promising, but you need something else to follow through mm. and keep up the pace. Mm-hmm. The page of swords can, uh, often emerges when you are exploring a new way of thinking, a new mm. idea, a new perspective, new knowledge, mm. or a new technique mm-hmm. like birth control. Mm-hmm. You have a curious mind and a thirst for knowledge as you explore this fresh way of thinking. You are asking lots of questions. Mm. Plants, are you for me? Mm. <laughs> and gathering as much information as possible mm. gathering the plants mm. you're also very much in the exploratory phase and not mastery you may mm. be prone to making mistakes along the way mm. but your curiosity means that you are eager to learn from your slip-ups mm. Mm. as a swords related mm. to communication this page of swords suggests that you are exploring a different way of expressing yourself with others and communicating your ideas mm. and opinions you may be drawn to public speaking what the fuck <laughs> writing so a book or a blog, starting a podcast, or being more vocal on social media. You're a natural communicator and ready to take the next step to share your message with the world. Again, this is an exploratory phase, so be open to new ways of expressing yourself and discovering where your inner talent lies. Love it. I love that. And hopefully also for other people in the audience too to be resonating with these messages. Because if this is new for people, I hope it like encourages people to like still feel hungry no, I think so I think there's so much rich information in this space. And if you if you if you didn't get to tune into Patreon, I want to encourage you to because we had a really beautiful conversation over mm. there, and then we really got to dig deep and really f- explore mm. new things that mm. I'm I'm really interested in learning more about. So I'm really mm. I'm really grateful that you've come on the show and, mm-hmm. and shared all your knowledge. You're so knowledgeable. I know you're so smart. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I feel so happy that I have a friend that I'm like, hey, girl, I have questions. Like, yeah. like you know, yeah. and it's just like. A whole like honing this toolbox mm-hmm. this toolbox that you know we feel mm-hmm. like uh w- again we're putting mm-hmm. these tools in other people's hands when we have mm-hmm. them we have all the things that we need mm-hmm. um right here in front of us we don't need to spend you know mm-hmm. th- thousands of dollars on on things that they're mimicking in nature right <laughs> they're like right here absolutely um did you have a hoary that you can share with us, right, darling? A whole ho- ho- ass story. You have a hotel, you sacred hoe, you. Uh, 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 Horror stories. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm in like the peak of orgasm, I teleport, mm. or I have this like embodied experience of kind of being in like a different space and time um the brain does amazing things when you're orgasming so it's just like 
I, I, I have had visions in sex. And so I'm thinking of two stories. One where I was with a dear friend of mine who we had this funny relationship and I didn't quite put my finger on why, but when we had sex, it became really clear. Or um, what would you rather hear about a teleport to a past life experience that was actually proven to be true? Oh, that one sounds kind of cool. I like that. So that one was, <laughs> so I was actually sitting with mushrooms and I was with my partner, my baby daddy now. And, um, we were intimate in my like college space, my college apartment, which was like a trip dome. Like it had like a black light. It had all these cool posters in it. It's like the, you know, I guess stereotypical like tripping room. And so all of that shit was on. It was just beautiful lighting in there. And, I was intimate with him and I was like, I was peeking, I was writing him. And then I started like getting really emotional. Like, I feel like I'm not going to see you again. I don't know why I'm missing you so much, but you're like right here. And I started holding him and I was like, don't go. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just like, I then got brought back to an experience where (laughs) I, I was living on an island and he was in like military gear. Mm. and I looked at him and he was leaving and we had had this like relationship while he was deployed or stationed like in my region. And so I had this like big like release of like the orgasm and also just this like, I'm never going to see him again. And so when I came down, I told him, I was like, Hey, I had this really strange shift where I looked different and you look different. I was crying because like you were leaving and I was on an island. I was on Hawaii. It was really clear I was on Hawaii and you were in military uniform and you were leaving. And he's like, that's so funny because like my great grandfather was like stationed in Hawaii. Wow. (laughs) Like many generations before that. And I was like, I feel, and ever since I had first met him, like I felt like I'd known him from somewhere as the day we met, the night we met, I was like, I know him from somewhere like he's super familiar to me. And so me telling him that I was like, yeah, I have this weird storyline with you that like you left after some point. Mm. And it was so sweet because he's like, well, I'm not going to leave right now. And I'm like, Like, it was really dope. It just like reaffirms to me that sometimes these like hunches that we have or this like feeling of familiarity with some folks. I really do believe a lot of us are circling around in each other's lives like over and over and over. And that orgasm is a portal. And Mm -hmm. so I was like just brought to the space where maybe at a certain time that his family member and like myself or a family member of mine might have had this actual exchange sometime wow and orgasm brought me to that and mushrooms brought me to that too mushrooms will really bring you to some like deeper spiritual love and understanding of a motherfucker like, (laughs) like oh shit i'm in love absolutely um but well, thank, thank you, you for sharing for that. Having me here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of thank course. You. Yeah. Can you tell our audience where they can find you and all your amazing information? Yeah. So my website is mushwomb.love. Um, I even got my car license plate mushwomb. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I'm so excited for this terminology. Um, <laughs> and then my Instagram is Mama Della Mico, and also my TikTok is Mama Della Mico also. And I answer all my dms i love getting into you know people's questions i think that's where like the bulk of community care comes from is like i'm a child of yahoo answers like am i pertinent or whatever like asking questions to the internet and i feel like now we can ask like 
people, you know, um, directly from people that we feel like we want to learn from. And it's so cool to be in like a role where I can just share what I know. Um, so yeah, please, yeah, reach out to me. Also, Plant B and all of these other good medicines like menstrual sea sponges um, I have access to and I love to share with my community. I also make an amenagogue tea that like helps people bleed when they want to. And I sell cotton root bark capsules too. And so really like try to resource my community because I remember when I was going through my shit, like it's not readily accessible like right then and there. So if people have it like well stocked in their space, they'll never have to feel like they're in a rush or in an emergency or when their friends need something, they, they have it ready on hand. So I just want to get this medicine into the right people's hands so that we never feel like we we are scrambling to get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, I love that. Um, well, thank you again. Of course. And thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you have not. Um, please, 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 please go check out our book, A Good Mom's Bad Choices. It is officially on pre-order. Good it Mom's is- Guide to Making Bad Choices. Oh, yeah. A Good Mom. Wow. Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices. And it's coming out next month, you guys. It's almost release time. And we're so excited for you guys to get your hands on this book. We're so excited for you guys to listen to the audio version of mm-hmm. our book. Um, and we do have a gift with purchase when you order the book so make sure you get your free gift from your moms from your favorite mamas and give them to all your mom friends or your non-mom friends because it doesn't really matter it's for all women here um, for the fine ass aunties too <laughs> fine ass aunties too um, and make sure you hear the uncensored version of this episode on Patreon and follow us on Instagram and follow the good vibe retreat on Instagram mm. And we love you. Write and review us. Bye. Bye. Wait, I'm trying to get a Costa Rica with you all.